the pervasive Pabst Blue, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the gold ribbon. No. Nor with Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's an entirely different beer. Brewed by Pap. Yep. Old Pap. Out there on the roof with his barrel and his shovel. And his tar. Yeah. <laughs> Basically imagining the poop smith from uh, Homestar Runner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stephen Clayton. And I'm Nick Smith. And we have good ideas. So you don't have to. Consider this our proposal to you. This is Investors Needed. Oh, man. Yeah, I've been really bored and stressed out this weekend, I guess. I just yeah, I guess if you're pulling away your mustache. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've been, like, killing the battery in my phone every day. Because, you know. Because you're hanging around your parents constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Parents just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Ha mm. ha! Ha Take take that, DJ Jazzy Jeff. He was on the same side of that fight. Oh, so it wasn't like he he wasn't playing the part of the Fresh Prince's father. He was not in that context in that oh, performance playing the Fresh King. No, no, the Fresh King. <laughs> When? No, he was not playing a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> the Fresh King. Yeah, it was a Chinese restaurant or supermarket. When does uh, when does Will Smith actually get to become the Fresh King at this point? He's like, is there a, a Fresh Queen mother that we're waiting to die off? Is this like a Prince Charles situation? <laughs> what is what is the 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 line of lineage to the Fresh Throne? Yeah. It's. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's been the Fresh Minus Prince session. for a long time, a long time, <clears throat> almost as long as Charles. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm not sure if Charles is really ready, but I, I think Will is is ready to to step up and assume his kingly duties to to ascend. Yeah. Um, that's if we ever get like the the Netflix sequel series to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like they they did. Full House and then Fuller House. Um, they they need to do. They need to call it the Fresh King of Bel Air. Wait, Fuller House. Yeah, no shit. Was that just like all the same characters as Full House, but they added Fuller from Home Alone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do not think that this is premiered yet. Uh, and I'm kind of horrified. Let's see, Fuller House TV series sequel series to uh to full house uh yeah it looks like the less successful members of the cast are coming back why, why the hell not yeah what do you get to lose at this point candace cameron oh yeah yeah oh bob saget's just recurring dave <laughs> dave Co- dave coulier is doing well enough to say no to a main cast credit on this you can't pay that well then. That's got a nope. real, real shoestring budget. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's sitting around saying, "You know what? I really want. I really want Full House back." Uh, I unfortunately know people. Really? Yeah. You know that it kind of hits on hits on a note that I think that we we've gone to this well a little before, but it's worth going back to it because it's truly bottomless. That's just. Um, People 
people will suck up anything that they have consumed before. It's, it, nostalgia is the driving force in the modern cultural economy. Oh, absolutely. And you, you can trace it all the way back to the mid-90s with like the Beatles anthology. Yeah, or I mean, even go further back to that. In the 70s, everyone was crazy about the 50s. That's why I had Happy Days. Right. It's it's all about trying to find that previous, like, the thing that you enjoyed when you were a child, and then you grow up and you make enough money to buy that thing that you couldn't buy before. But it's not on sale anymore, so you got to reinvent it. Yeah, and then you write, start writing a pilot called The Wonder Years. Exactly. What would you do? Yeah. So... Was so that we, the we, ghost of Joe Cocker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he speaks through me. <laughs> he grunts through me. You, you, are, you are Joe Cocker's Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think Steve Earle is the ghost of Joe Cocker. Ah. So... If we, if we are if we're gonna mine this nostalgia well, um, I mean the well's not running dry, but we do just need to like sink our hooks into the right thing. And Fresh King of Bel Air is one route that we could go, but I, I'm a little worried that having spoken it, it's like it's like Rumpelstiltskin. If you say his name aloud, he he tears himself. It's himself. already being developed. At, yeah, at oh, yeah, yeah. Or CW. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just being nostalgic for the days of UPN. Yeah, the, uh, but the CW is trying to figure out how to how to fit like a a sexy uh, like Queen of France into it or something like that. So I do have to say, so I'm talking to uh, to Bester at one point, and he's describing the show Rain on the CW. Are you familiar with Rain? Um. You mean the concept of water falling from the sky, or this particular television show? Uh, this particular television show, and it is spelled, no, spelled as the, the reign of a particular monarch. Um, it is a show about uh, a sexy Mary Queen of Scots. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! That was my Halloween costume. Oh, uh, but Bester is describing the show to me and talking about like because of course he's watching it and describing the intrigue of the series and he is <laughs> apparently Nostradamus is a character on the show fuck it and he's describing all of these these scenes where like Nostradamus is lurking in the background and whispering things into Mary Queen of Scots's ear and like going going through this process. But every time he means to say Nostradamus, he unconsciously says Nosferatu, which would have been a much better series. <laughs> like, I can't argue. That's like the rule of Quaid. Yeah, yeah. Just just drop Nosferatu into it. Yeah. Would have worked wonders for perfect strangers. <laughs> Take out Bronson Pinchot and drop in Nosferatu. Perfect. So, so we, we need a we need a property to resurrect. Um and I think it would be helpful to begin by asking you know, what what's what's the demographic we're targeting now? Are we targeting like people our age and the things they loved as kids, or people like a decade older than us? Where, where, where's the money at right now? I, I mean, it seems like there's a cycle, and it seems like it's kind of in the mid late eighties right now. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe we do like a mid nineties thing, early mid nineties. Get ahead of it a little. Yeah. yeah. I mean everybody loved Freaks and Geeks, but it was so short. You know, we could do something set in that period right around there. Uh-huh. It's you know, a different different concept. So yeah, early mid nineties. Um, I mean, just think think about everything that was going on in the early to mid nineties. Gulf War, you had. Um, uh, read my lips. Uh, you had people playing saxophone in the White House after a while. Yeah, the birth of the internet. Birth of the internet. Yep. Okay. What if it's. What if it's like a, a workplace comedy about a bunch of people at like in some sort of IT group in like 1992? As they try to invent the internet or figure out what the internet's going to be. Yeah. I like it, but I'll do you one better because we do need, we do need a, a hook into into people because people won't eat up new properties they're familiar with the concept of the internet but they need to be force-fed it by something familiar so i'm saying i mean think of what like big bang theory did for like star wars yeah absolutely yeah yeah no, no one cared about star wars anymore and then look now they're making movies again exactly um here's what i'm thinking how about it's not just a show about people inventing the internet how about it's Urkel invents the internet. I mean, we know he can invent robots. We know he can clone himself. Um, the, the internet's just a hop, skip, and a jump from there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a foundation to build from, and th- and then it becomes yeah. uh, it becomes you know Silicon Valley meets Family Matters. Good. Lots of dial-up sounds. Yeah. Mm. A good five minutes of every episode could be waiting for a connection. See, and that just means we don't have to spend as much money on writers. No, no, no. Uh, Sell more ad time. Yep. Uh, Sets. So we we really want to create... I mean, again, you mentioned Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks did a really good job sort of capturing what we imagine that late 70s, early 80s feel to be. Um, so we, we, we need the, the details to recreate the, this early nineties feel. Um, what was popular in the early nineties? The late eighties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, there was like Nirvana and Pearl Jam breaking through, but there was still a lot of residual eighties. Yeah. Yeah, you got to scrub hard. A, a, a lot of residual mainstream 80s. I mean, Nirvana was basically residual underground 80s that just kind of managed to break through into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 90s probably didn't start until Kurt Cobain died, but... And when did, when did he die? Like, 93? Four. four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say... Uh, the 90s found their own power until... Yeah, they they certainly did not start until the Clinton presidency, but that's yeah. like the earliest possible point at which they could have started. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's like your Millie Vanillies and your fine young cannibals. Like that was 
like 1990, 91, like all yeah. that shit was still going on. No, F- Fine Young Cannibals is good. We, so we, we have them do the soundtrack. They're, they're not working. Um, we can, again, you, you mentioned the idea of wanting to keep it cheap. I, I really think we want to keep this cheap. Um, so uh, uh, maybe three sets. There's like the office that they're working in. There, there's Urkel's uh, studio apartment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm envisioning multicam. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Um, I hate that I have to ask this because I'm afraid that the answer might be no. Is Reginald Vell Johnson still alive? Oh yeah, he's still alive. Oh, oh, thank God. Okay, so we can get him. Hopefully, yeah. If, if maybe we can get him. Yeah. Well, okay. So you, you got Urkel running his like proto.com that's trying to get the internet off the ground. And maybe, maybe Carl, uh, Carl's been laid off the police force and he has to come in and like work for when Urkel. Family matters like went into the late nineties. Did it? When did family matters get canceled? Or- Stop airing. Did it get canceled or stop airing? Did they just admit defeat? I don't know. I mean, it was... I, it didn't start till like, 89. I don't think. You're correct. It started in 89. That's going to make things tougher. How could Urkel be inventing <laughs> the internet if he was also starring on Family Matters? <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think you've blown a hole in this one. I might have. Yeah. Myth busted. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, the thing is that Jalil White's going to be trying too hard to cash in. He's going to ask for too much money. Are you suggesting that we that someone play Urkel besides Jaleel White? Of course. Oh, I, I'm, I may be getting off this train, sir. Jaleel White is my Urkel. He's the Sean Connery of Urkels. I hate the see, ones where George Lazenby plays Urkel. But you see, this is why it's going to work. Okay. Because the controversy mm-hmm. about replacing Urkel oh. is going to generate the buzz to get this thing moving. If we just got Jaleel, yeah. then it would just be another boring rehash and nobody mm. would care. Another Fuller House. But people are going to want to see the new Urkel mm-hmm. and whether or not he holds up to their extremely uh, intense scrutiny. So, so even even the people who are destined to hate this new Urkel will watch him solely so they can yeah they can tear. Well, him. the thing is that he, he's not going to stand up to the scrutiny, but it doesn't matter because we got it on television and we're going to the bank. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Hundred episodes, man. So here's uh, here's a, a radical suggestion because if if we really want to play up the controversy and get people frothing at the mouth, um, what about we make Urkel a woman? Stephanie Urkel. Stephanie Urkel. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bound to attract controversy. It's been done before. We we can we can lean on that. the The gender swap in remakes is popular now. I think that's the way to go. 
Maybe we gender swap the whole thing. E- everyone, everyone is swapped. We put Reginald L. Johnson in a dress. <laughs> is he playing Carl or Harriet? Yes. Oh my! So it's like uh, it's like that Amazon show with Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> And Reginald Mill Johnson as Harriet. Uh, Reginald Mill Johnson. We don't mean to offend. We know you shot that kid. Things are tough for you. <laughs> I shot a kid. I shot a kid. So in Die Hard, when he goes in and buys, like, a shitload of Twinkies and tells the guy, they're for my wife, she's pregnant, do you believe him? Yes. Okay. I do. Now, is that because you trust Reginald Val Johnson, or is it because you, um, you don't believe that he could eat that many Twinkies himself? Oh, he could, of course he could eat that many Twinkies yeah. himself if he really wanted to. You just trust But I, I just trust Sergeant L. Powell. Mm-hmm. Trust has to be earned, and he earned I take, it. I take him at his word. I just like to imagine Jaleel White has, lives in Chicago, and he does a, a bus tour of of Family Matters, <laughs> notable sites. <laughs> like, as a tour guide? Yeah. Once every tour, he, like, bumps into someone and breaks their camera and says, did I do that? And everyone goes, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hell of a business. But there's a big sign right there at the front of the bus, not responsible for lost or damaged articles. Yep. Expect lost or damaged articles. Yeah. I wonder what Jaleel White is doing these days. Is he coasting on that sweet, sweet Urkel money? Probably. Mm. Sweet, sweet Urkel money. So I, I think uh, I think a, a reboot of Family Matters is something that we should keep uh, keep on the table. Yeah. Um. I, I have a couple more things we could go over eventually, but I, I want to uh, I want to hear what you got, what you bring to the table today. All right. Um. I I, I went to a few weddings this summer. Mm-hmm. And went through the requisite panic of, of purchasing gifts for people uh-huh. off of their registries, looking through registries, and all of the crazy things that people can apparently purchase and use for very specific tasks in their kitchens. We're getting married. We need a, we need a cake display. When was the last time we had a cake in the house? Well, we need a cake display. We'll have more cakes. Yeah. Well, I... I think what we need to do is figure out some ki- some kitchen gizmos that aren't maybe aren't necessarily on the market yet. Okay. Get ahead, get ahead of the curve. So there is maybe uh, something something people didn't realize they needed in the kitchen. Do you have something in mind? Not yet. I was. I was... Here's here's my thought on that. Um, you know, Alton Brown. He he. he TV's Alton Brown. Yeah. Um is a big proponent of, of multitaskers in the kitchen. You, you never have a tool that can only do one job. Um, 
And I think that what's really but then gonna... we only sell one tool instead of two tools. Exactly. So what what we really need to do is I think go against this. And so we, we need to think of you know, what are some things that we might already have in the kitchen that serve existing jobs, but which we can break into like okay, you have one tool that can do many jobs. How do we sell multiple tools, each of which can only do one of those jobs? Exactly. Like maybe craft a really nice corkscrew handle and then a really nice corkscrew that can attach to the handle. The, the, each, each of them can be purchased for fifty nine ninety five. Well, I, I think you can go even a step further with that. Uh, if you look at like the the OXO grip stuff that you can buy at at any you know Bed Bath and Beyond or kitchen supply store or anything, almost all of them are made out of the same material, and almost all of them have kind of the same grip. So what if we we come up with, as you said, a really nice grip, but then you can interchange the the various toppers and buy them all separately? So okay, you've got your grip for your spoon. And then you pop out your spoon attachment, pop in your spatula attachment, pop that so, out. So, yeah, that's kind of like a charm bracelet for your kitchen. <laughs> that's, that's good. We, we, we can even call it kitchen charm. You bring mm. a little charm, bring a little charm to your kitchen. Kitchen charm. God, kitchen charm. I, that's good. So that, that's, that's got like an, uh, a, a real sort of feel of down hominess to it. Because, yeah. um, you see, it's not – every kitchen can be beautiful. That's what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the interchangeable idea, um, but where we're going to run into trouble, and that maybe this is is where we can go from here. Is you, you you see people they'll say like, yeah, for our wedding we want this uh, cookware set, or we want this uh, spatula, or this cake display, or this uh, salad mixer, or whatever. And that's like relatively simple stuff. But we need to think about appliances here. Like, we really need to think about, like, electronic appliances that do, that we can split into this unitasker mold. Okay. So the the classics of the kitchen, you would have your toaster, maybe your blender, your food processor, your mixer, uh, your coffee pot. Um, in, in Asian households, you would have the rice cooker, um, uh, you know, this variety of tools and we we need to segment them out. Mm -hmm. Maybe a separate brown rice cooker and a white rice cooker. That's good. Um, this one only does Jasmine. (laughs) Yeah, and you you can sell it on the basis of, yeah, you can use a, a shitty all-purpose rice cooker to cook your rice if you want, but if you really want to maximize the rice flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And basically the only thing we change is how long it says to expect your rice to take to cook. Yeah. In, the, in the manual. And colors. Colors on the outside. Right. Yeah. So the, the one that cooks the, the white rice is white, and the one that cooks the brown rice is brown. So people don't get confused. Yeah, we want to keep it simple. Yeah. We don't want to... It should be intuitive. Very simple. One tool, one task. No ambiguity. Yeah. Um, 
maybe a you 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 have a blender and you make smoothies or you make things like that and it may, maybe we can have a smoothie blender and then uh, a, a milkshake blender a milkshake blender yeah because again you know it, it's like um you, you maybe can, a home milkshake machine oh whoa back up a home milkshake machine oh my. Maybe it's like kind of like a, almost like a, a washer dryer kind of thing where you got separate <laughs> compartments where like you pour maybe the milk into this compartment and mm-hmm. the like the chocolate syrup into this compartment. No, not you, not the size of a the washer ice dryer. <laughs> no, certainly not. Okay, good. But like multi-chambered. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so let's let's work with this. Um, I mean, everyone loves milkshakes except people who are lactose intolerant. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can we, well, you can sell a soy milkshake model. Oh, of course. I mean, but, you know, twenty twenty dollars extra. Yeah, but. of course. Um, that's what you pay for for not being able to handle lactose. Yeah. But you 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 think about so what, are, what are what are some of the features of hair milkshake going to be? <laughs> hair milkshake. Yes. Yeah, it's exotic. It's, it's like Mr. Coffee. Yeah, Herr Milkshack, yeah. Herr Milkshacken. Herr Milkshacken, yeah. Well, I, I think um, the the model to look at here is really, you know, there, there's a pretty well-established market for the let's take things that you buy in stores and make them at home instead. So like your soda streams or your Nespresso's. Um, right. You, you've got the core, the core machine, uh, with standard milkshake model, into which you can dump your milk and dump your flavorings, and we'll, we will create and sell the flavorings as well. Unique flavorings. Unique flavorings. Handcrafted flavorings. Handcrafted artisanal flavorings that you can only get with your hair milkshake machine. Um, we we create those flavorings. And then I, I think you, you want to add additional options here, either as add-on appliances or entirely standalone machines, because sometimes you don't just want a milkshake. You want a malted milkshake. Yeah. Maybe maybe a separate machine that makes root beer floats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the root beer float market. If we can sell a machine that makes root beer floats, I mean... <laughs> we could sell anything. <laughs> Game over, son. Game over. <laughs> Insert ice cream here. Insert glass here. Insert root beer here. <laughs> I never could have done what? that myself. Allow machine five minutes to warm up. <laughs> Do- Uh-oh, ice cream has melted. Insert more ice cream. <laughs> Okay, I, I like I like this idea a lot. Uh, I, I think the the homemade mil- the home milkshake machine, hair milkshaking, mm-hmm. is 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 not only good because it scratches everyone's intrinsic need to have a milkshake available at all times. It's not only good because we have the expandability built into the the malted and soy and root beer float options. Yes. But I think the the hair milk shock and brand is one that can really be extended to a lot of things. Mr. Coffee doesn't just make fucking coffee machines. 
Yeah, they make all they make all kinds of weird stuff now, don't they? Yeah. So if we've got uh, Herr Milkshocken, who, who who I imagine to be kind of a a stern taskmaster of an ice cream maker. Oh, you're giving me a good idea for marketing. Okay. And all of the little appliances that we're gonna home appliances that we're gonna make are all gonna have their own little cartoon character. Oh. And they're all gonna have their own little cartoon world where they live in. It's gonna be like McDonald Land. Oh, oh my god. There's hair milk shocking. Yep. And then there'll be uh uh cat and grilled cheese. Okay, yep. The kitchen charmer. Yeah. And they we'll, all... we'll, we'll definitely make a grilled cheese machine. Oh yeah, uh, P- panini press. Seriously, kid, let's let's grilled grilled cheese machine. Grilled cheese machine. Um, Please do not attempt to insert vegetables into the grilled cheese machine. Yep. Uh, the the uh, synergistic superhero tyrant. The uh, the iron waffle. The iron waffle. Uh, yep. So. Uh, yeah, so the, we we have these characters living in this McDonald Land style world, and that that's not just I assume for advertising purposes. We're we're licensing this to to produce cartoons and feature films. Exactly. If the fucking Veggie Tales can get multiple films, we can certainly get a lot of out of hair milk shocking. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Okay. So, so we have we have these these various kitchen character brands that we're coming up with, yes, um, and then the kitchen appliances that we can build around them, and then the media empire that we can build around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can see amusement parks, uh, where yeah, try the try the milkshaker, which is yeah. just like you go into a tube and get shaken around for a little while. And then you step out and someone hands you a glass of milk. How about um, Jaleel's egg white separator? Oh, my God. Tie-ins. Tie-ins. See, that's, that's, that's why I love you. It's, it's You see these connections. You see mm-hmm. these opportunities to, to link the, these properties together. Jaleel's egg whites. Well, separator, you put an egg in the thing, yep. and then it, one side of the yolk comes out, one side of the white comes out. Yeah, so you've got, you've got like, the commercial, and it's Jaleel White at 40 in full Urkel gear, and he is trying to separate his egg whites and his egg yolks, and he just drops the yolk in the middle of the white, and then he says, did I do that? And then we hand him the egg white separator. <laughs> the shit writes itself. And then he and then he and then he goes and eggs in Reginald Johnson's house. <laughs> oh, I got all these yolks left over. Oh, that that's good. I I, re- I really like this uh, this kitchen empire thing. Just because you you look at you look at the state of the kitchen appliance market, the kitchen gear market, and it's 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 the same names over and over again. America is in the grip of big kitchen, and, and we can be the little guy to break it away. Yeah, exactly. And we got to move fast to get into some of these niches. Like, I swear to God, this is something that I bought a month ago. A breakfast sandwich maker. Wait, what? You put, like, the bottom half of an English muffin and, like, a piece of Canadian bacon in. And then 
you lower the thing and you crack an egg into this thing that fries it like an egg McMuffin and then you put the other half of the like English muffin on top and you close it and leave it for five minutes and boom, you got a freaking sandwich. Oh my god. I this had, is a thing that I own. It cost me twenty dollars. I, I had not yet come to terms with the the extent to which we have fallen behind in this market. Yeah. So we gotta Okay. So it's a fast paced world. All right, so we're talk. You, you bring the you bring this idea up. It's uh, it's breakfast time. Why why do you have this thing? Because you you're waking up in the morning. You don't want to make a fucking breakfast muffin. You want it made for you. Well, you, the, the, I think you're thinking too far along in in the thought process. Okay, okay, rein me back in. The thought. I'll explain to you what led me to purchase. A breakfast sandwich machine for $20. Please do. This is called ethnographic research. No, it isn't. Okay. I saw that there was a breakfast sandwich machine on sale for $20. And I said, holy shit, I love breakfast sandwiches. I have $20. This will be in my house in two days. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> that is, that's the entire thought process. That's all that happened. This was the impulse buy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so it's okay, and I guess that this is kind of why uh, why hair milkshake and makes sense as well because you see that and you say, wait a no, minute, got, how often are you gonna make fucking milkshakes? Yeah, but you'll you'll see it and you'll say, I love milkshakes. But you'll see it and exactly, you'll say, I love milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think will spend spend fifty nine ninety five on that. I, I think the waffle iron is the perfect example of this. How how many like. My my parents own a waffle iron. I've had waffles at home maybe like three times in my life. You want waffles? You have waffles. You have two solutions: Eggos and restaurants. Yeah. Why exactly. do you need a third option? Yeah. So it, if that's somebody, the if somebody came up with a home waffle iron that you can use, and people were like, "Oh yeah, I'll make waffles all the time." Nobody makes waffles all yeah. the time unless you're some sort of weird Belgian or something. Yeah, and we we don't we don't truck with that. No. So if we if we are thinking in terms of like what do people love that we could convince them they'll do at home? That opens opens up some possibilities. So yeah. uh I mean we got to think about what's going to be uh, at garage sales on a Sunday afternoon in 5 years. I, and we I need got to it. make those, we need to make those things. I got it. I got it right now and I think we uh we can find a a pretty high f- profile partner that we can we can sell this to. It's the home McNugget maker. Oh, that's good. Yep. So let, let's say you're uh, it's Sunday evening, and you're at home with your family, and you've had either had a chicken for dinner, or you bought a chicken that you weren't ended up not cooking, and it's you're like, yep. man, I, I need something for the week. Okay, well you take the Fair. carcass, McNugget machine, one uh five gallon bottle of fry oil. Yep. One live chicken. Yep. Secure the lock. Press yeah. the button. Really secure the lock. Secure yeah. the locks. Press the button. Deploy the failsafe. Yep. Six and hours boom. later. Chicken nuggets. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we'll have we'll have the best in screen proofing technology and stuff. Oh yeah, you you'll you'll never you'll never know that chicken was even there until you taste it. Exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a great slogan. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never know the chicken was there until it hits your tongue. So it's, uh, yeah, you slam the chicken in, you press the button, the machine shakes, and these perfect little uh, little discs of chicken nugget pop out the bottom. You can get a lot of chicken nuggets out of one chicken as long as you're not, like, being uh, being particular yeah. about it. Yeah, you at least get a 20-piece. Yep. And then, okay, so you do that, and then we sell a machine with it that will mix your barbecue or sweet and sour sauce of choice. Yeah, it's kind of a, a sauce stream. Yeah, and see, McDonald's needs this right now because they're kind of struggling. They've been going through some changes. This is a way for them to really revitalize their brand. It's like you used to think that you needed to go to a restaurant, which we have to build. We got a staff. We got to hire workers. Bullshit. You just make a shit yourself. We'll sell you the razors. Shave your own fucking face. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you just, <laughs> you just packed and shipped that whole thing, my friend. Hell yeah. So, uh, Mr. McDonald, Ronald, give us a call. Yeah. Robble, robble. Robble, robble. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's a brilliant idea. I don't know how McNuggets are made. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's chicken parts and yeah, other things. It's really the uh, the Lovecraftian horror of fast food yeah. meals. <laughs> it is unknown and unknowable. Well, it's in a twenty way tie for the Lovecraftian horror of fast food meats with all of the other fast food meats. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't I never um I've never been a Taco Bell person and a big part of that is like that's over my threshold of I, I can't identify any part of this except the shell, which I think is made of corn. Probably yeah. But not even like a good corn tortilla. No, no, it's it's like you you took all the good corn and made the good corn tortillas, and this is made out of, like, the leftover stringy bits. It's made of, like, reconstituted high-fructose corn syrup. <laughs> In its natural form, the Taco Bell tortilla is gelatinous. <laughs> Only when heated over a hot plate does it assume its characteristic crunchiness. Yeah. It's like the Arby's roast beef that they that comes frozen and they oh. slice it off and flash flash oh. fry, fry it because oh. otherwise it melts. Oh God! I'm sorry. Yeah, Arby's is I I I will always find grosser than any others. Yeah. I, I, I eat that's, a that's really on one. occasion. That's that's really the one. Like I, I think. Put a gun to my head. I, I I could do White Castle. Put a gun to my head, and I I. Suck it up and eat a burger from burger from Carl's Jr. and die. Um, but I, I will not do Arby's like that. That's the hill I'll die on. Yeah, it's 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 just Arby's. Arby's or almost food. Oh God! Yeah, the home McNugget maker. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. 
Oh, only put in chickens, though. <laughs> Warning, we don't make beef McNuggets. Please yeah. do not attempt to insert a cow into the machine. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, if you're hosting a dinner party, you could, you could like, put in a quail. A quail. <laughs> delicious quail McNuggets. On the menu tonight will be a, a delicious uh, a quail McNuggets. <laughs> Yeah, for fancy parties. In a sweet and sour sauce. Where do they come up with this stuff? Sweet and sour? Oh god. I I think the uh I think the McNugget maker is is the logical endpoint. I'm not gonna top that tonight. Yeah, that was that was some hot soup right there. McNugget maker. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I just had a really good idea for a kitchen gadget. Yes, say it. I'm still recording. So, everybody's got, everybody's obsessed with juicers. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, I've got a juice fast. And then juice cleanse. This whole, whole bone broth thing. How about we make a gadget called a super? <laughs> okay, go on. throw a whole bunch of shit in it and it makes soup. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, pour in pour in some water, couple of uh, couple of steaks. Maybe it'll cut the vegetables for you. Yeah, and ju- the, the meats into you know soup sized. So it, I'm I'm imagining like a tall cylindrical thing with a sort of wide base that you just you dump the stuff in the top through the rotating blades and then it falls. Oh, there's the gonna bottom. be a lot of whirring oh, blades. Oh yeah, oh yeah, just falls right into the bottom. And uh, then uh, Herr Supenmachen, Frau Supenmachen. Frau Supenmachen. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Herr Milchschaken und Frau Supenmachen. Es ist sehr gut, ja? Mach schnell, mach schnell. Oh, 